Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Frank Avila Show. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Frank Avila, board-certified family physician and diplomate of the American Board of Obesity Medicine. I've been helping patients lose weight to treat and prevent medical problems for the last 10 years, and I'm taking what I've learned from them to you. In this podcast, you will learn the science behind why you struggle with your weight and what to do about it, tips for common challenges, work to fight bias about what a healthy weight really is, and improve your relationship with food and your body. Please remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. This podcast is meant to be informational in nature only, not medical advice. Please seek out care from your physician for your specific needs. Okay, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about motivation and why that's not really what you need to succeed. This was inspired because I saw a quote on the internet about motivation and commitment, and I I tried to find it, and what I found was a quote by Jim Ryan, who is an Olympic runner, and what he said is, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going, and I think this is a pretty mind-blowing quote because this is what I see for my patients all day long, that motivation is not really the problem. People use that word motivation a lot, but motivation is not really the problem. It's the habits and the commitment that we need to work on to get our goals, get what we want. So what is motivation? Motivation is the process of inducing or simulating an individual to act in a certain manner. Simply put, motivation is getting yourself or someone else to do what you want them to do. And that is easier said than done, right? I will often have a patient come into my clinic and I'll ask them about what some of the barriers are to reaching their health goals, to changing their diet, to exercise, to whatever we've been talking about. And they say, I guess I'm just not motivated. And I've always had a hard time believing that because I'm like, well, you you made this appointment. You paid to see me. Clearly, you are motivated. You're taking action. You want something to change. So what did these people mean when they said they weren't motivated? Well, the problem with motivation is we assume it's always going to be there, but motivation comes and goes. And so to reach our goals, to achieve things, we can't let motivation be the thing that drives us every day. It is not going to get us there. We need to take that motivation when we have it and turn it into habits and commitments that allow us to reach our goal that we were originally motivated for. So If you have a lot of motivation for something, you may not be successful just based on that motivation because you need a plan to achieve your goal. And on the flip side, you may not be that motivated of a person, but if you have a specific plan and you have a specific commitment to achieve it, you're going to achieve it. So I kind of hate the word motivation because motivation is in many ways chemical. It's sort of this dopamine, this pleasure hormone, this reward chemical in the brain that gets you to do things. And there's a lot of people out there who don't have enough of that in their brain, people with depression, people with ADHD. And so they're constantly blaming themselves for a lack of motivation that's actually chemical, that's biologic that they're lacking. So let's let go of this idea that only motivated people are successful 
Motivation is sort of the inspiration. Motivation is the dream. Motivation is the why, like why I want to lose weight. I want to fit in a pair of pants that I used to wear. I want to ride on a roller coaster. I want to prevent diabetes. The motivation is the what, right? I want to see this number on the scale. I want to see this pant size. I want to see this blood sugar number. That is the motivation. But that's not going to carry you through on a day-to-day basis. You have to have some other things. And let's talk about what those are today. So the first thing that you need beyond motivation is a realistic goal. So like I said, motivation is kind of the inspiration. It's the the goal, the dream, the vision, the thing you want, right? I want to lose 20 pounds. That's the motivation. But the goal needs to be something that is realistic. Otherwise, it's going to stay a dream. It's going to stay an inspiration. Many of the patients that come into my clinic, almost all the patients who come into my clinic, want to lose a lot more weight than they really need to to improve their health or that may be realistic with the level of commitment they have. And what I mean by that is most people are not going to be able to lose 100 pounds with lifestyle, with nutrition and exercise. People do it. People have done it all the time. I've met these people. You've met these people. We see them on TV. But most people are not going to lose 100 pounds from diet and exercise. If you want that level of weight loss, you probably need to use one of the newer, more expensive medications or consider surgery. And for some people, losing 100 pounds may never be something that their body is capable, depending on their starting weight and their other health conditions. So if you're coming in with this motivation, this inspiration for a goal that you can't achieve, then your motivation is only going to get you so far because you've set yourself up for something that, that may not be realistic. So having a realistic goal is, I would say, the very key step to taking motivation into action. And so really figuring out if that goal is around weight. What is a realistic weight loss? You've probably heard me talk about on this podcast many times, a 5 to 10% weight loss has huge health benefits. Many metabolic, most metabolic problems are going to be resolved with a 15% weight loss. So a 10 to 15% weight loss is a really, really great goal for most people. You're allowed to lose more. Many people do, but that may be like a really good, realistic, actionable goal when it comes to weight. Same thing, focusing on a blood sugar number or a cholesterol number might be realistic. Setting a realistic amount of exercise that you can get a week. Most people are not going to go from zero exercise to 300 minutes a week. I always recommend trying to get to 300 minutes. That's not going to happen in the next month for most people. And so setting a more realistic goal for yourself of I'm going to try to get to 90 minutes a week of exercise probably is more doable. Maybe for you, it's only 20 minutes a week. You have to pick a goal that you think is realistic so that you can move forward with that motivation and turn it into something powerful turn it into change. So your motivation, it's the dream. It's the inspiration. It is the why. It is the what, but it's not the how. So set a realistic goal so that it doesn't stay a dream. It can be something you can actually enact. So if you want more on this topic, I do have a whole podcast episode about setting smart goals. It was at the new year. So if you look in the January 2023 podcast episodes, you can learn more about how to set smart goals and how to make a good goal for yourself. So going back to the quote, uh, you know, we talked about commitment and habits is really what you need for motivation to move forward. And so commitment picks up where motivation leaves off. And I'm going to say that again because I think it's really powerful. Commitment picks up where motivation leaves off. Motivation is going to come and go. We've all experienced this, right? You get really excited for a project. I'm going to work on a scrapbook for my kids. 
Well, you don't always finish these things we get excited for, right? I'm going to reorganize the office. Um, I'm going to get a capsule wardrobe and wear this one sort of style all the time. We get these ideas, these inspirations, and many times we don't follow through with them, whatever they may be. And so we need a commitment to ourselves to make that initial motivation, that initial push that we want to do something to keep happening. So I'm actually going to give an example of this podcast. This podcast was something I'd wanted to do for a while. I kind of had said an original date I was going to start it and it didn't work out. And so finally, almost a year ago, I was like, okay, this podcast is happening. I am committing to it and I'm going to do it every week, once a week, and I'm going to do the things I need to make it happen. So I actually hired a company who helped me produce some of the episodes and get me started. And that was really helpful, right, to have a partner in this. So you may need a partner if you're struggling with health changes. You may need a health coach. You may need a physician like me who can help guide you to what you need and use medications. You may need surgery. You may need something more than just yourself. And once you have committed to something, all of a sudden you'll see the big picture of, oh, I've committed to this. What do I need to do to make this happen? What does that look like? But until you have committed and told yourself and resolved that you are going to do that thing, it's probably going to stay just in that motivation dream sort of phase. So for the podcast, I committed to once a week. And sometimes it's really exciting and fun to do. And I have a lot of motivation. I have a guest that I'm really excited to talk to. And I just get to press record and, and have fun. Sometimes I am, you know, due for an episode and I need to come up with a topic and I need to sit down and I need to plan it. And I'm not as excited about it. And I just have to do it, right? Because I've committed to myself to do it. And I always am really proud of how it turns out and it always ends up going really well. But sometimes the only thing making me do it is the commitment to myself and my commitment to my audience that I'm gonna make these once a week. So that's what I mean when I say commitment. It's that resolve that you're just gonna keep doing it even in the times where you don't want to, where you don't have that motivation because that's gonna come no matter what that project is. You may have a motivation that's new, right? Oh man, I really need to do my nails. Now I'm really motivated to do that because I'm looking at them. My cuticles are kind of dry or, oh, I'd like to read a book. I just heard about this wonderful book. I want to sit down and read it. Or, oh, it's a beautiful sunny fall day out right now. I'd love to go on a walk. My brain is now motivated to do something else. And if I give myself permission to do those things, I'll totally go do them because I'm motivated right now and it sounds exciting. But I've already committed to sitting down and recording this episode today. And so even though it's a glorious sunny day out, I've committed and I'm recording what I think is a pretty fabulous episode today. A lot of us are used to external commitments. And so those may be commitments we have to someone else. Most people are better at following through at commitments to someone else. So for a lot of us, that's our job, right? Well, I have an appointment at this time. I'm scheduled for 40 hours a week. My job duties are this. And we do those because those are commitments. Sometimes we have legal obligations that are commitments. Sometimes we just feel obligated, right? We feel obligated to help a loved one, to help a friend. And those are our commitments, right? Um, but we also need to work on honoring our commitments to ourselves. So even if someone isn't paying us, even if we're not letting someone down, we need to be just as important to ourselves. And when we've committed to ourselves, we want to follow through on our commitments because that motivation, it is going to come and go. Something sparkly, new, exciting, more fun is going to come up in our brain, our dopamine, our pleasure is going to go towards that. And we have to resist that by having a commitment to ourselves. Okay. So Jim Ryan, he said, motivation is what gets you started and habits are what keep you going. So you set a realistic goal, you commit to that goal, and then you have to develop the habits. 
And so the habits, for example, are like this podcast is a weekly thing. I do it at this time. I get it done. That is the habit, right? We all have habits that we do in our life. I usually give the example of brushing my teeth. I have occasionally found that my patients do not brush their teeth twice a day. Some don't do it once a day. So you should definitely uh, brush your teeth twice a day. But most of us have a habit around brushing our teeth, right? It's just something we do. We don't have to think about it a whole time. We wake up and we do it. We do it before bed. Some people do it after a meal. But we it's just part of our routine. We've done it for decades. We just do it, right? Breakfast is a habit for me. I just eat breakfast. It would never cross my mind to not eat breakfast. It's a habit. My body's trained. I don't even have to think about it. I usually eat the same thing for long periods of time. So it's stocked every day for weeks on end. And we don't have to think about it. It's a habit. So we want to try, if we're making health changes, to make things new habits for ourselves instead of relying on motivation. Let's talk about lunch. A lot of my patients struggle with lunch, especially now that they're working at home, but even at the office, because they don't have a plan for it. And they're like, well, I'm at my house. I'll just eat something here. Or I'm at my office and there's a bunch of restaurants. I'll just go out. And so they are waiting until they get that motivation, you know, around lunchtime to go get something to eat. And when that happens, all of a sudden it might be cravings. It might be someone at the office. It might be the easiest thing on their counter at home. Um, They might just forget for a while. They're waiting for motivation. They're waiting for that desire to eat to make something happen. But if they look at their bigger motivation, it was to improve their health, to lose weight, to change their eating patterns. And so they need a habit around lunch. So I think packing your lunch is number one, almost always the more economical choice. And it's almost always going to be the healthier choice. And so if you normally have been going out to lunch, maybe your new habit is that you're going to pack your lunch. So you've committed to yourself. I'm packing my lunch every day. I might have to invest in a lunchbox. I might have to invest in some new Tupperware. I might have to invest an hour of my time on Sunday to make everything or 10 minutes uh, in the morning to pack my lunch. But I have a commitment. And the way I'm going to make it a habit is I'm just going to do it every day. Or maybe I do it four days a week and Fridays I eat out. And for my patients who work at home now, which is a lot of people, I recommend still packing your lunch. If you're just waiting to take a break during the day, a lot of times people work just as hard, if not harder at home. And so they're really busy and then they don't take a break until they're too hungry or they just eat random stuff at their house. So pack your lunch, plan it ahead. If it's already there, that is a habit. Now you're like, every morning I have my breakfast and I make my lunch. And then when it's lunchtime, I just go eat my lunch. That's an example of a habit. We're not waiting for motivation every day to be like, I should eat something healthy for lunch. We've already created the habit of having a healthy lunch available. Sometimes you might skip it. Maybe you do want to go do something else. You don't have to feel stuck in your habit. But if you haven't created that habit in your everyday, having to make that choice for yourself of what should I have for lunch, it's probably going to be a less healthy choice most of the time. So if you're trying to find another habit like exercise, another way you can make that a habit is to put it on your schedule. So that might look like signing up for a workout class or doing a Peloton class where you have a specific time that you can do things live. It might just be writing it on your schedule, right? Maybe you do a home workout or you do a walk, but It's written on your schedule that you do it before work or after work. A lot of my patients are able to get more movement in by walking at work. And so that may be using their 15-minute breaks or their lunch hour to go on a walk around the building, do the stairs in their building, do a lap somewhere. Um, If they're in their home, go on a walk with the dogs or something like that, right? So you have to plan for it. You can't wait for that inspiration to be willing to exercise. You know, I think most people who see someone like me who likes to exercise and they assume that every day I'm motivated to do that. And that's absolutely not the case. I do enjoy exercise. I almost always feel better after I do it. 
But most of the time, it's autopilot for me. It is a commitment I have made to myself to move. And I make it easier for myself by signing up for a CrossFit class several days a week so that I go there. I make it easier for myself by finding a training program where I'm training for a 5K or training for a marathon and there's a specific run I have to do every day. And those are ways that you turn it into a habit because some days you're not motivated. You're going to wake up, you're going to feel tired, your joints are going to be a little stiff, or you just have something better or more exciting to do. But when you have the commitment and you have it now turned into a habit because it's on your schedule every day or it's a non-negotiable with yourself that you've created, now you have a way to take that motivation and long-term channel it into success. So habits are key because if you rely on motivation, your motivation is going to change. Motivation is a feeling. It's a fleeting thing. Commitment and habits are something that are more set in stone. Along with habits, I'm a huge fan of backup plans, and I have a whole podcast episode about these as well. And backup plans are for when your habit gets interrupted. You know, there are some people who are able to leave these really structured, structured lives where nothing interferes with them, but most of us don't have lives like that. We have kids who need our attention. Maybe we have elderly parents who need our attention. We have pets who need our attention. We have jobs where we have to travel. We have fun vacations. Um, we have time periods of stress or illness or recovery from surgery. And so we can't expect our schedule and our habits to be exactly the same every day. It's unrealistic. But we can still go back to our commitment, right? And when we look at that commitment, we can figure out a way to adjust our habit. So let's say that you are trying to improve that lunch plan. You're trying to eat healthier for lunch. And most of the time, you're going to pack that lunch in the morning or the night before, and it's going to be a healthy, balanced lunch that fits with your plan. Well, what about the days when you don't have time or the days that you're traveling? What are you going to do? And so having a backup plan. So that might be as simple as keeping a stash of protein bars around. And instead of going out for lunch, you have your protein bar if you don't have time to get or make a lunch. Maybe when you're traveling, you bring the protein bars or you find a couple restaurants where you can get food close to what you're eating, a small sandwich and a salad or something like that. So that would be your backup plan, right? Most of the day, I pack this little bento box for myself. It's a really healthy lunch that I like. But when I'm out of town, I get a salad or I bring a protein bar. And those are your backup plans. Same thing with exercise. Sometimes the weather doesn't cooperate. The gym is closed. You have an injury. Well, can you still commit to that habit of exercising at the same time? Maybe you have to modify. Maybe you still go to the gym class, but you have to do a modified workout. Maybe you have to do something less intense, like go on a walk. Or maybe there's a time period where you can't exercise because of surgery or something else. And so you meditate or still protect that time with some self-care and something that's good for your body. But you can always have a backup plan, something you can be doing to keep that habit going. Habits are tough. Habits, when you stop following them, sometimes they can very quickly go away. So I think habit and commitment are kind of two sides of the same coin. A commitment is that resolve that you're going to do it. The habit is how you're going to do it. And so if you have that commitment, you can alter your habits a little bit to still be there. Um, but you need to be able to have that commitment to yourself or you're not going to stick with the habit. You just can't wait for that daily motivation. Okay. And then the final thing I would say about making up for lack of motivation, which again is chemical and out of our control, is to reward yourself. So a lot of what we like about motivation, things that motivate us, is the excitement, um, the vision. We imagine this new world where we're healthier. We imagine this new world where we've lost weight. 
And we are very excited to be there. Sometimes we're enacting it. People early on in plans, they're losing weight, they're seeing huge changes, their energy improves, and that's really rewarding. And so if we're more long-term doing habits, we have to find ways to reward ourselves because sometimes we don't get a reward from every action that we do, right? Oh, I didn't eat pizza today. Okay, was there a reward from that, right? Or is it I just felt better? And so when we're trying to change our pattern, we want to find a way to reward ourselves. This is, I think, where people end up crash dieting a lot is they will do a diet for a while and they see great results. The scale really changes. Maybe they feel amazing. And so they're motivated to keep doing it for a little while and then they don't see the results anymore and they stop doing it. We need to pick something that's a long-term plan for ourselves and we can't rely on that reward of the scale or that immediate reward of how we feel when we're doing long-term health changes because we just don't see the reward every day or every minute. And so we need to find ways to reward ourselves. And so that may be tracking your behavior and, oh, I went to the gym 20 times this month. Now I'm buying myself a new workout top. Or I made my meals at home, you know, five days out of the week, every week this month, like I planned. And now I'm going to get that new cooking gadget that's going to make my life easier and that I thought would be really fun or a cute waffle maker or something, right? A fun cooking gadget that you want. Um, Maybe you're going to reward yourself with a nice massage or a bubble bath. But we want to find ways to reward ourselves that are not food, that are not being indulgent and and undoing our plans and creating these yo-yos, but a way to you know, reward ourselves and get a little bit of that dopamine kick and that reward sensation that we get. And that's going to kind of push the motivation along. It could also be as simple as like a social media post congratulating yourself. I'm sure you have some of these friends, you know, they post when they do an awesome workout or they post when they've made some other healthy change. Like that could be you. That's maybe a rewarding way. Maybe you're more of a journaler and you just want to congratulate yourself and reflect on how well you've been doing. But don't be afraid to acknowledge your success. We tend to not give ourselves enough credit and we need to be able to create our own sense of reward instead of looking for reward elsewhere. So even small things, celebrate and give yourself a pat on the back. Okay, so I hope today you have gotten a new idea about motivation. In my opinion, motivation is mostly chemical. Um, You know, the people that you see out there that are highly motivated, I think a lot of people would say, oh, you're so motivated about me. I am not a motivated person. Most of the time, I don't want to do a lot of the things I want to do, but I am a very committed person. And so I create habits around my commitment so that I can follow through on them. So motivation is just a feeling. Motivation is going to come and go, and we have to channel that motivation. And we can channel it by creating a realistic goal, by committing to our goal, by creating habits around the goal, and then creating ways to reward ourselves instead of waiting for reward to happen to us. Okay, so your homework today is to commit to a habit, no matter how big or how small, that you know is going to improve your health. Maybe it's bringing your lunch. Maybe it's eating breakfast consistently. Maybe it's exercising five days a week. Maybe it's sleeping eight hours a night. I've given you lots of ideas on this podcast about things that might improve your health. And pick one of those and commit to it. And write it down. Write down your goal. If you need help with a SMART goal, check out that podcast. And then come up with your plan. What is your habit that needs to do? And don't expect there to be motivation around the habit. The habit is just a commitment to yourself, okay? It is a plan to yourself, and you can't wait for motivation. You have to assume you're not going to be motivated. It's going to get to the end of the workday. You're not going to want to go work out, but you have committed to it. It is on your schedule. You have planned. You're making it a habit, right? 
lunchtime comes. You're not that excited about your lunch. Your friend invites you to McDonald's. You're a little motivated to go do that now. But you have a commitment and a habit around eating the lunch you brought. And so you're going to be able to do that, okay? So come up with your goal, come up with your why, and then come up with the habit behind how to make that happen. And when you have accomplished that goal, when you've done it for a month or a week or whatever, give yourself a little reward, whether it's a virtual pat on the back online, whether it's something new you've wanted to invest in yourself, whether it's just a nice bubble bath and a chance to relax, go ahead and reward yourself when you have achieved it. Okay, that is your homework. And until next week, take care. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Frankavilla Show, where we learn about all things related to weight and health. If you love this podcast, make sure to leave those five-star reviews and share this podcast with a friend or loved one. If you have a topic about weight and health you want me to tackle, head over to the website, thedrfrankavillashow.com to submit your question. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode. Take care.